Action. Welcome to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two best friends with very different tastes in TV shows make each other watch the pilot episodes of each other's favorite shows in the hopes of making the other person have an epiphany and start watching a kind of show they normally wouldn't watch. My name is Natasha, and I pretty much only watch cartoon shows. My name is Jessica, and I pretty much only watch live-action dramas. And this week, we watched a cartoon called The Dragon Prince. Had you heard anything about this before we watched it? Did you know anything about it? I didn't. I remember Netflix, like, popped up with it on their, like, you know, their starting screen Mm -hmm. once, and I was like, oh, a prince who's a dragon, and then I moved on, because I don't watch (laughs) cartoons. (laughs) You mean you didn't see it and instantly go, wow, I have to watch this show? Yeah, I saw it, and I was like, you know what? It's a dragon and a prince, so. Got it all. They got me. Yeah. That's all I need. This show is, I think I mentioned this in our outro last episode, but um, some of the creators who worked on this show also worked on Avatar The Last Airbender, and there's like some little sneaky references to Avatar in this, and the guy who voices the main character in this voices Sokka in Avatar, so there's a little bit of crossover with Avatar, so that was kind of why I watched this when it came out, because I heard people comparing it to Avatar. See, that's fun to me, because based on the first episode, I do not know who they intend the main character to be. That's fair, actually. They kind of introduce a lot of characters in this episode, and it's not super clear who the main character is. I mean, I would argue this is kind of an ensemble cast show, Mm -hmm. but there is one character that I think is sort of meant to be the main character, and it becomes more clear in future episodes. The Dragon Prince. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) Well, on that note, do you want to talk about what happens in this show? Or in the pilot episode of this show? I'd love to talk about the pilot episode of this show, in which we meet many, many characters very, very quickly. (laughs) That's fair, that's fair. I'm actually curious, after this summary, I'm going to get you to guess who you think I'm talking about when I say the main character. I have a guess, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's wrong. Okay, okay. So my first note is just that whenever you start a Netflix show, it tells you the rating in the corner, and Netflix gives you, like, all the reasons for this rating. Mm-hmm. And Netflix has some weird things that it flags, uh-huh. and in this one, it just flagged fear. And I was like, the characters express fear, you think I will be fearful, like, what are you flagging? That is very intriguing. I'm guessing they mean, like, it's scary, at least, like, in terms of a kid's show, but fear is a weird way of putting that. (laughs) Like, that must be what it is. It must be, like, we, like, suggest you're seven or older because it could be, like, a little scary, Mm -hmm. but just saying fear, I'm like, what what are you talking about? Because I've been watching Supernatural again, and it's, like, violence, gore. It's funny to me that they didn't flag this for things like violence and stuff, but just no fear. <laughs> Anyways, just be pre-warned. Fear. <laughs> fear. <laughs> okay, so we jump into this little, like, exposition-y piece that's telling us about how uh, this is the land of Zadia, and it's the land of the Magi, and it's telling you about how originally there were six primal sources of magic. I didn't write them down. They're basically all elemental stuff. Mm-hmm. And that a thousand years ago, a human mage discovered dark magic, which uses the essence of magical creatures to make bad magic, which is fair because you're killing magical creatures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's really cool and it's very purple. <laughs> And I really liked the art style where they were introducing this dark magic. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. So we heard it here first. Jesse is pro-dark magic. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Who wants to be a light magic user when you could be a dark magic user? It's true. So anyways, the elves and the dragons were like, these humans, they're crazy. So they (laughs) drove the humans into the west, and this divided the land, and now the eastern kingdom is Zadia, and the western kingdom is just, like, where all the humans are. And the king of dragons used to defend the border, uh, but the humans used dark magic to slay them, to slay the king of the dragons and his heir, and the world is on the edge of war. And then we immediately cut to a title sequence that says the Dragon Prince right after they were like, the Dragon Prince died, which like, 
There's no reason to lie to me that hard in the first, like, four (laughs) minutes of a show. (laughs) Okay, so this is a thing that, like, in a show that didn't start with just a ton of exposition dumping, I'd be like, I'll learn this over time. That's fine. I didn't really understand why they were at war. Like, did the humans, like, have to get into Zadia to use dark magic again? Because, like, why can't they just chill in their own new kingdom and do their dark magic themselves? I mean, they do need the magical creatures to do the dark magic. And if the magical creatures are all in the magical creature land, then they can't. They're just trying to go to war with them to get magical creatures to do dark magic. It's more that they're at war because they don't like each other. (laughs) It's like the the magical creatures are like, the humans are terrible and evil. And the humans are like, the magical creatures are terrible and evil. But now you have two separate kingdoms. So just like shut up and leave each other alone. Yeah, that is one possibility. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, I'm against war for war's sake. That's fair. I mean, this show will, will explore themes of why war happens and stuff. So great. Uh, so anyways, Dragon died, Dragon Prince quote-unquote died. After the title screen, we see this kid who's sleeping with this magical glowing frog. And this kid is Ezra, and his frog's name is Bait. And then there's another kid who's drawing, and this is Callum. And then a thunderstorm starts, and Ezra is scared. And Callum's like, don't be scared. And then we, like, zoom out of their window to follow a soldier. (laughs) Which sounds... Very choppy, but it's not. It actually flows really well. You, like, go out into the storm, and there's this archer dude, and he's just kind of patrolling, and then he hears something. And he's like, if you're there, come out. And he must see the elves, I think, because then he just starts running. And it looks like there's a dozen elf spies that are after him, and one of them catches up, and she almost kills him. She gets really, really close. She has her swords against his neck, and their eyes meet. And suddenly they're in love, and he just turns around and runs. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say they're in love. <laughs> it really felt like that moment in, like, The Princess Bride, where she's, like, trying to kill the Dread Pirate, and then his mask comes off, and she's like, fuck, this is my boyfriend. <laughs> wow. New ship. So anyways, that happens. <laughs> and there's another guy. He's the High Mage. What's oh, his name? Oh, the High Mage's name is Viren. Viren. Okay. So Lord Viren, he's the High Mage. He's looking into a mirror, and then he gets this knock on his door. It's the guy who's in love with the elf. So <laughs> well, he covers his mirror. <laughs> this is how I'm distinguishing okay, people, okay, Natasha. Okay. <laughs> so he covers the mirror. So obviously the mirror is evil, but the mirror doesn't come back again. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Don't you love this plot I'm creating? It's great. You got most of the key elements. So anyways, the guy who's in love with the elf comes. He tells the high mage, there's elves out there and uh, they're coming for us. So Lord Viren just goes and he walks in the king's chamber and the king's like fast asleep. But he just walks in and opens the window and he's like, dude, get the fuck up. <laughs> um, and the king's like, really? I could execute you. And Lord Viren's like, okay, I'm just going to go wait on the balcony for you. And they're also in love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they meet on the balcony, and they talk about assassins, and Viren's like, no, it's not any regular assassins, it's the moon shadow elves. And the moon will be full tonight, so they'll have their full power, and the king's like, well, that's no good, we have to (laughs) attack them in the daytime to stop them from killing you, essentially. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, and then we go back to the elf girl, who's swinging from the trees. She sees some berries, and it just, like, does a close-up on her face. And she, like, blushes, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then she comes into her camp with, like, quote-unquote blood on her swords. So obviously she used the berries, but the shot they used of her face was very weird. I I don't think she was supposed to be blushing. She has, like, red along the top of her cheekbones. It looks like she's blushing. Hmm. I didn't notice that. (laughs) It's weird. I think she's just supposed to be, like, thinking, but... (laughs) Maybe she's just blushing about those berries. It looks like she sees berries and she's like, oh, I'm into berries and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, poor Rayla. She's getting such a such a bad name this episode. I was like, is this did the soldier guy she just fell in love with like have berries on him and I didn't notice? No. <laughs> so anyway, she comes back into camp, she pretended she killed the guy she's in love with. <laughs> and then we smash cut to a kitchen. 
and Ezra and Bait are sneaking into the kitchen. Also, his name is his name is Ezrin, not Ezra. Oh, it said Ezra in the title in the um, captions. Oh, then the captions were wrong. <laughs> okay, it's Ezrin. Uh, Ezrin. He's sneaking through a grate to get into the kitchen so he can steal pastries, but he gets caught by the chef. Um, and in this scene, we learn that Ezrin is the prince, and they steal a bunch of pastries. <laughs> and then we're in a courtyard with Callum, <laughs> who's doing sword training. And Callum's really funny. Callum's kind of my favorite. <laughs> because the guy who's doing his sword training, whose name I did not catch. Uh, his name is Soren. Uh, Soren is like, today we focus on the art. And Callum just goes, finally, something I'm good at. And that gets peak humor. Love him. Uh, so they're mm, fucking around. They're doing sword shit. And Callum's just like, I'm terrible at this. But like, Soren is a terrible teacher. Like, Soren is incredibly bad. He's just beating him up with a sword. And he's like, you're bad at this. And Callum's like, yep, I am. It's like, he didn't teach you shit. Soren's not a good teacher. Soren's also, like, 16 years old and doesn't want to be doing this. Oh, obviously, but, like... Uh, anyway, Soren tells us that Callum is a step prince, i.e. Callum, like, the king is Callum's stepfather. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is how I know the high mage and the king aren't in love, because the high mage is Soren's dad, and Soren isn't a step prince, so they're not married, which is really sad. <laughs> not married doesn't mean not love. <laughs> but is Callum's mom dead then? Because that's sad. Uh, spoilers, but yes. <laughs> Callum's mom is dead. Poor baby. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, they're doing this. And then Soren's sister walks past, and they both stare at her really weirdly. And she's about to walk into a tree, but Callum stops her because Soren's was just going to let his sister walk into a tree. Which honestly peak brother energy. <laughs> yeah. And then Callum's like, well, the girl I like is here, so suddenly I'm gonna be good at sword fighting. And it's like, please don't. <laughs> and anyway, Sword decides to help him with this. He's like, yeah, that's fine. You can hit on my sister. And I'm like, you were being mean to this kid like seven seconds ago, and now it's fine if he hits on your sister. Sword's just like, whatever. <laughs> he doesn't really care. Sword's the guy... So anyways, Callum is called to go see the king, and he brings Ezrin with him, and they're in the war room, but the king's just like, we're gonna send you to the Winter Lodge, because I don't want you to die when the elves get here. He doesn't say <laughs> that, but that's the vibe. Mm -hmm. And then Soren and his sister are talking to the High Mage, because the High Mage is their dad, and they're being told about the attack, and Soren's supposed to go find the secret camp. And he gets given by his dad this giant moon ma moth, which is supposed to be able to find elves because of the moon. <laughs> you know, magic stuff. That's how magic works, okay? The moon is one of the primal sources of magic. Mm -hmm. Soren at this point says something about, like, I forget how he phrases it, but it's something about, like, how there are people trying to kill the king. And Callum is down in the courtyard, which is, like, a floor below, and hears them because the window is open. And I was like... <laughs> I didn't think they were talking that loudly, but fine. Callum just has superhuman hearing. Probably. It's because he's a dragon. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I'm so excited to hear what you think happens on this show. Okay, and then Soren's sister just says, Unstoppable is just another kind of stoppable. And her dad's like, yeah, no, that's not right. Some of the lines of the show are pretty good. It has a very dry humor. Uh, and then, while Soren is getting ready to go, Callum shows up. He's in ceremonial armor. Soren's like, that's wrong, but whatever. <laughs> and Callum wants to go on the raid. And Soren's like, no, you second this. Don't. You, no. So they go off. But there's, like, six of them. And they've been talking about how these elves are, like, incredibly powerful and scary. And then they just sent six people to kill them. And I was like, shouldn't you send, like, more of your army than that? Probably. <laughs> Probably should have. But I guess they're also like, oh, they're not as powerful during the day. Yeah, I guess. Why I need to come kill them during the day. But I still feel like even during the day, they are pretty powerful. Like, they don't have, like, full access to their magic during the day, maybe. But they're all, like, ninjas. So mm -hmm. that was stupid. So 
the moon elves are having this big uh, ceremony where they do a ceremony thing and they have cool <laughs> glowing armbands. They're talking about going to like get the king and obviously like it's a magic thing to make them more powerful. And then they talk about the dragon queen, which I was like, can't the queen have another heir if you're so worried that there wasn't an heir? It doesn't matter, but I was like, if there is a dragon queen, then doesn't why can't she just like have another child? <laughs> she got she gotta get a new dragon husband. And have yeah, a baby. <laughs> She's the queen. She can yeah. get a new husband. I mean, I'm sure she could, but I think it's more the the political implication of killing a kingdom's king and prince. Yeah, I understand. Regardless of whether there could be another one, but they're like, we have no heir, and I'm like, but you have a queen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't matter. This is a kid's show. They don't know how sex works. <laughs> I think there also is a point later where they talk about how, like, dragons only have an egg every, like, 500 years or something. Something like that. So I think it's also that, like, she could have another egg, but it's not gonna... It's gonna be a long time. Because <laughs> this, all this, this whole killing the king and the baby dragon happened, like, last winter. So, like, very recently. Fair. Fair. Okay. Good for her. <laughs> Anyways, Callum and Ezrin are arguing about packing, and Callum is mad because he couldn't go on the little moth trip. <laughs> and he tells Ezrin that they're going because their dad is going to be killed because he's mad and he's, like, 14. I was going to say he's 11, but they do specifically tell you he's 14, so. That's true. He's going to be 15 in three months or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... Then we go to Soren, and Soren releases the moth, and he doesn't really believe in the moth because he's like, it's a moth. <laughs> and then we're back at the elves, and the elves are preparing their weapons, and then the moth lands, and they instantly know that the humans know where they are. So is this the only moon moth in the world? I'm very confused. I think it's just that they know that the moon moth is used to track moon elves, and they're like, well, if someone's tracking us, I guess. then they probably know where we are. But if moon elves just, like, exist in the wild, in the world, wouldn't moon elves see moon moths quite often because they're drawn to them? Well, they're, they're currently in the human land where there's hardly any magical creatures, and I think the moth is from gotcha. the magic land, so they're like, why would it be here? That makes sense. Uh, and then the main elf guy, he casts a spell, and it turns them all invisible. And Soren reaches the clearing where the moth is, and he's just instantly like, moths are dumb. So we're leaving. And it's like, can you try for like 30 seconds? <laughs> Soren doesn't give a shit. Who put Soren in charge of anything? He's like 16 and he obviously doesn't give a fuck about anything. So why did you send him? It's nepotism. It's because Viren's his dad. <laughs> but like there has to be someone else who's suffering nepotism who is like 30 and actually gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah, there should be. So anyways, uh, while they're invisible, the guy who the elf is in love with goes past, and the main elf recognizes him, and he's like, you didn't kill that guy. And then I have a note here that she has a really thick Scottish accent, which just distracted me for no reason. <laughs> yeah, all the moon elves do. Hers is, like, way thicker. Yeah, hers is really noticeable. Hers is, like, so thick, and then I was listening to everyone else, and I was like, are you Scottish, too? Every elf society in the show has a different accent, and the moon elves are all Scottish for some reason. Good for them. Yeah. That's where the moon is, Scotland. Apparently. <laughs> so anyways, the main elf is, like, really mad, and he says, You let him live, but you killed us all, and the thing goes to credits. But the thing about the sentence that doesn't make sense is Soren just gave up, and we've been told, like, a million times that the moon elves are basically invincible as soon as the full moon is out. So no one else is coming for them in the daylight. So how could she have killed them all when they're just going to attack when the moon is full and kill everyone? Just have to watch episode two and find out. Okay. <laughs> well, that's it. That's episode one. Yep. That's pretty much it. So, do you have a guess of who's the main character? I want to say Callum. Yeah. Callum is the one who's voiced by the same guy who voices Sokka, and he is, I would argue he's the main character, but also, like, it is definitely, like, an ensemble situation. Yeah. You could also argue that, like, Ezrin and Rayla are main characters and whatever, but kind of I would probably say Callum's the main character. Callum has the most, like, YA novel 
I need to find myself because I'm an outsider in my own family and not good at the things I'm supposed to be good at as a prince vibe going on. Yeah, he has the most, like, main character vibe. (laughs) He really does. Yeah. I really liked him, though. He was cool. Yeah, he's good. And also, based on that, what do you think is going to happen in the rest of the show? Okay, my real prediction is that (laughs) Callum is the dragon prince. Because, duh. And, anyways, he's the dragon prince. His mom was a dragon, I guess? I'm confused. (laughs) Anyways, there's something to do with dragons there Uh that I'm not clear on. Maybe dragons can breed with humans. I have no idea. (laughs) And his mom was human, and then she married the king of the humans after she had sex with the dragon, which feels (laughs) probably not... Fantastic. I also need to make it clear that in the show, dragons are massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Because there are people listening to this who are probably like, oh, dragons, like the ones that can shapeshift into humans. No, we have no evidence of that. They're just like fucking massive dragons. Uh-huh. But you know. Yeah, that's a good theory. <laughs> we don't judge. If, uh, if Callum's mom wants to have sex with a dragon, that's so valid of her. I support her. That's probably how she died, but that's beside the point. Then how was Callum born? Um, he was an egg. Mm, you're right. Yes, of course. <laughs> Anyways, Callum is a dragon prince, and this is presumably bad because he's also a human prince, and I feel like that will cause problems with his family. So I assume there's some very tense family drama going on (laughs) at some point and there's a point where he's like trying to hide his identity because he's like no this is my family and of course i'm not a dragon i'm a human boy have you seen a dragon they're the size of a fucking house Uh, but at some point it gets revealed and he's sad and he gets kicked out of the castle and then he's sad in zadia because he has to go live with the dragons and they're (laughs) massive and that's bad for him my poor, sweet summer child. <laughs> so small. I assume that he doesn't date Soren's sister because Soren's sister looks a lot older than him. And that was kind of creepy. I think she... Because he's, like, almost 15. I think she's, like, 16. So she's not that much older than him. She's not, but she's drawn older than him. That's fair. She's much taller than him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, like, girls are at that age. Yeah. So that's not the end of the world. Also, her name is Claudia. I don't know if you said that yet, but... Soren's sister's name is Claudia. So I assume that is a little tiny romance plot going on there. And I think Soren uh, just gets to be a dude with a sword for a while. (laughs) And then eventually you learn that he has some tragic secret so that you stop hating him. (laughs) Because um, you have to be in love with him because he's like that asshole guy in the YA book (laughs) who has like some sad backstory So you like him. Mm -hmm. It probably has something to do with the fact that he figures out that his dad has this evil mirror. And (laughs) (laughs) if you cover a mirror, it's evil, okay? That's just the law. That's uh, You're correct. (laughs) So he finds out his dad has this evil mirror and he's like, oh no, my father is evil. And he has this big, terrible moral dilemma around whether he should turn in his father for being evil or if he should not do that. But (laughs) also, I would argue he should know his father is evil because the whole thing is that humans do dark magic and dark magic is evil. And his father is the head magic guy. But he's hot. He doesn't have to be smart. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think the elf... And the black-haired guy are in love, and they have a weird Romeo and Juliet thing going on. Probably only for, like, one season, and then she tragically kills him. Mm. And then she has, like, an anti-hero plotline where the elves are like, we're glad you killed him, but you're kind of getting, like, weird and dark magic <laughs> on us. And she's like, fuck off. Um, I just killed my lover for you, <laughs> so you can't judge me. And then she becomes really cool and powerful. Uh-huh. And she kills the high mage. And <laughs> I don't know why. She just does. She just doesn't yeah. like that guy. She kills him. Uh-huh. And <laughs> who am I missing? The king? What do you think happens with the king? I think the king makes out with the head mage a lot. Mm-hmm. 
and he's sad when he dies, <laughs> and also when he finds out about the evil mirror. Mm-hmm. I think he has to throw his boyfriend into prison, and then he's like, everyone's like, you have to execute him, he's evil, and he's like, but we're in love. And that's just, like, common knowledge in the kingdom. Yeah, the kingdom doesn't give a shit. And <laughs> then he's sad. I think the king very tragically kicks Callum out of his house at one point. Mm. I think the king has, like, a messed up stepfather moment where he's like, you're not really my son, Ezrin's my only son, and Callum's, mm. like, really sad. And then the king feels bad about that a few days later, but he can't get Callum back because Callum is uh, deep in dragon territory. So he's sad. Mm-hmm. And then there's Ezrin, and he just kind of gets into shenanigans with his frog. Anytime the show gets too intense or too scary, you see Ezrin with his frog, and they're doing a prank. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's the whole plot. That's it. That's the show. That's, that's great. I, I love... <laughs> Your theories? I feel like all of your theories really make sense based on what we learned in this episode. (laughs) Most of them are not correct. (laughs) They're not correct, but they have basis in fact. Yeah. You one thing you did get correct is the evil mirror. Of course that mirror is evil. You can't cover a mirror if it's not evil. You don't hide a mirror if it's not evil. That's what mirrors do. (laughs) The king the king and the high mage. Big romantic sexual tension there, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Correct on that front. You don't just walk into the king's bedroom if you're not fucking him. It's like, of course, exactly. Like, they can't start the first episode with him walking into his room like that and not have us think that they're fucking. Yeah, it's (laughs) like, come on. Well, I mean, I guess if you were like seven, like Netflix suggests, maybe you wouldn't go there. (laughs) Maybe. Um, Before I tell you too much more about what happens, I should ask, do you think you'd watch more of this show? Slash, what did you think of it? Okay, so I thought it was funny. Like, I did like the humor. I did think it was funny. I really like this art style. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool. And I'd be interested in seeing, like, more magic. Because mm-hmm. the whole exposition leading up was very, like, magic-focused. And mm-hmm. then I felt like we did not see a lot of magic. That's fair. You do see a lot more in other episodes. I can see that, too. Like, really, realistically, we met the high mage who wasn't doing shit other than staring at himself in a creepy mirror. (laughs) And the moon elves who, like, they turned themselves invisible, and that's kind of cool. But that's kind of it. And uh, so I'd be interested in seeing how that's animated, because I Mm -hmm. thought the way that they animated the dark magic was really cool. I don't think I would watch more of it. I don't know that this is a good episode to base that decision off of. Like, there are things about this show that I can see being interesting, Mm -hmm. but this episode was so, like, these are our characters, we're gonna do, like, a nice, quick, clean setup for you. Mm -hmm. And I almost felt like this pilot episode needed to be 40 minutes long for them to get through that exposition and then actually do something. Yeah, I will say that this is one of those Netflix shows that, like, the whole season comes out at once, Mm -hmm. and I think they definitely intend you to binge it, because I would argue that it takes either, like, two or three episodes, I can't quite remember, to, like, fully establish the plot, basically, and then it, like... I mean, obviously, like, they establish a bunch of stuff in this episode, but there's, like, a couple episodes before it's like, okay, that's what the show's about, and it's not all in this episode, because I think they really do. They're like, it's a show that you just binge. You just watch the whole thing at once, right? Which is not really my favorite thing, because I prefer shows that don't do that, but you can definitely tell that this is the kind of show where they, like, expected you to watch multiple episodes at the same time. Yeah, I just don't think there was enough in that first episode to, like, grab me for me Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm just gonna keep watching this to Mm -hmm. get through that. I'm like, I don't actually care enough to do that for three episodes. Fair. On that note, do you want me to tell you what happens? Yeah, tell me what happens. Tell me who the dragon prince is and how he was born. Okay. Callum is not the dragon prince. (laughs) Well, then how is he the main character? That's stupid. He's just the human prince. He's a human prince. He and Ezra are human princes. The frog is the dragon prince. No, the dragon prince. So the first few episodes of establishing things, basically, 
For some reason, Ezrin and Callum don't leave to go to the Bantha Lodge. I can't remember if it's because they, like, hide away because they don't want to go. Oh, I think it's because after Ezrin, like, after Callum says to Ezrin, like, they're coming to kill our dad and Ezrin runs off, he, like, goes and, like, hides in, like, these secret passages in the castle because he's, like, sad. Um, And Callum has to go find him before they can leave. And then while they're going around in the secret passages, they basically find the high mage Viren's like secret lab like he's got his regular magic lab and then he has his secret magic lab where he keeps all of his illegal stuff except for the mirror the mirror is in his normal lab yeah the mirror is in his normal lab because you know you can't tell it's an evil mirror at first glance if you're covering it with a sheet I can tell it's an evil mirror that's fair that's fair Anyways, in his secret <laughs> lab, he has the the egg of the dragon prince. That egg that was supposedly destroyed when they killed the king, the king dragon. They didn't destroy the egg. He took the egg because he was like, it's a very, very powerful, magical creature, relic thing, and I can do powerful magic with it. So I'm going to take it and I guess do some magic with it. But they find it and then they're like, Ezra and Callum are like, oh my god, the, if they, they didn't kill the dragon prince, we should take this to the elf assassins and be like, hey, your prince is still alive, don't kill our dad, basically, Aww. is their plan. Oh, and also, so the elves are like, we're gonna go kill the king still, even though, like, they know we're coming, we still have to fulfill our mission. So they're gonna go kill the king, but they tell Rayla, who's the, the girl elf who didn't kill the guy... She has to stay behind because she's clearly not ready to be an assassin. This was, like, her first mission because she's, like, younger than the rest of them. And they're like, you're not ready. We thought you were ready, but you're not. So you have to stay behind. And she's like, no, I'm going to prove myself. So she goes on her own to go kill the king or or (laughs) kill someone. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what her plan is. But she goes and she ends up finding, like, running into um, Callum and Ezrin. And they all end up together. And then she also sees that the egg is still there. And she's like, oh my god, I have to show my other elf friends the egg. And maybe all of this war and these assassinations and stuff can not happen. Because killing the king was, like, retaliation for killing the, the dragon prince and stuff. So they're going around. But then... It's too late, night hits, and they do assassinate the king. So the human (gasps) king dies. (laughs) I did think he felt somewhat unimportant to keep being in the show. (laughs) He's, like, still in the show in, like, flashbacks, and, like, he's so relevant, but he does get assassinated in episode, like, two or three. And also, they end up finding out... Well, I don't think Ezra and Callum find this out till later, but the viewer finds out that... The elves, when they made their, like, pact to kill the king, it was to kill the king and also to kill the heir, who is Ezrin, because Ezrin's the, like, actual prince, so he's the heir. So, and the, like, binding ceremony they did was, like, these, like, bindings on their hands won't, like, come off until they kill the their targets, basically. And so one of Rayla's, like, bindings comes off when the king is killed and she knows that their dad is dead, but technically the princes don't know yet for sure that he's dead. Uh, And then her other one doesn't come off because she doesn't want to just go kill Ezrin, um, but she, like, doesn't tell them about that either. And then the three of them are basically like, we need to leave the castle and we need to go bring this egg to Zadia and show it to the queen of dragons and then she can call off the war and everything will be fine. So the three of them are going on their own little adventure. And the bi- the plot of season one is mainly them trying to take this egg to Zadia. Mm-hmm. And to not get, like, found. Because they're like, all the humans would just kill Rayla as soon as they saw her. If any human armies or whatever found us. And they don't want that to happen. So they're, like, being sneaky. And then, because the king is dead, the high mage is like, oh, yes, we need to go find the princes so that they know their father's dead and so they can come take their throne. But really, the high mage wants to be the king because he's like, these princes can't run the kingdom. My husband, not husband, my boyfriend, (laughs) the king, I loved him, but his sons can't possibly run the kingdom, so I have to run the kingdom. So he sends his daughter and son, Claudia and Soren, to go find the princes. To kill them? But he tells... Soren, it would be terrible if an accident befell the princes and he didn't make it back. And Soren's like, yeah, that would be terrible. And his dad's like, no, there's going to be an accident and the princes aren't going to make it home. And Soren's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then he tells Claudia that she needs to get the egg back because it's like super, super valuable. And he doesn't want the Magic Kingdom to have it. And he tells her, like, no matter what happens, you have to get the egg. And she's like, well, what if I have... She's kind of joking. She's like, what if I have to choose between the egg and getting the egg and saving Soren? Like, if something happens to Soren. And the dad is like, you you choose the egg. Like, I don't <laughs> care if your brother dies. 
you bring me back the egg. And Claudia's like, oh! And so Soren and Claudia don't tell each other about these conversations that their dad had because they're like, we're being positive, everything's fine. And they're both, so they both think that they're both just trying to save the princes, but they both have, like, secret evil missions from their dad. And then most of season one is, like, Claudia and Ezrin and Rayla trying to get to Zadia with their egg, and Soren and Claudia trying to track them down. And then other stuff happens in the other seasons, because at the end of season one, the egg hatches, and now instead of an egg, they have a baby dragon that they have to baby dragon. take care of as they go to Zadia. And then there's war, and then Ezrin has to become a child king, and a bunch of stuff happens. I love it. I love having a baby dragon. Can yeah. actually, can we rewrite the show as like a sitcom about two kids trying to raise a baby dragon? I mean, part of it is Ezrin trying to, because Ezrin and the baby dragon become like besties. They have kind of like a psychic connection almost. Aww. For no clear reason. Exactly. They just for some reason kind of have a psychic connection. Maybe just because Ezrin's really good with, oh, Ezrin also for some reason that is not clear yet can talk to animals. Yeah. We don't really know why, he just can. You live in a magic world, it happens. <laughs> but the humans aren't supposed to just have magic, so who knows. Maybe his dad killed a lot of magical creatures to uh, swallow their dark magic essence. Well, he wouldn't have swallowed it, his wife would have swallowed it to get it into the baby while she was pregnant. Maybe, we still don't know. <laughs> well, also, Ezrin ends up, not Ezrin, Callum ends up doing magic, he gets this thing called a primal stone, which, like, lets you do magic, but you have to use the stone, because it, like, has, like, essence sure. of magic or whatever. But then he is trying to, like, learn how to do real primal magic, because he doesn't want to do dark magic, because he's like, dark magic is evil. And Claudia, who does dark magic, like her dad, is like, why is it evil? It's just the type of magic that humans do. And Callum's like, oh, it seems evil. <laughs> I do regular magic. And everyone's like, humans can't do regular magic. And it's a, it's a whole thing. That's fun. But, yeah. That's that's kind of what happens. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Do you want to guess who my favorite character is? <laughs> uh, is it Callum? It is not Callum. I like Callum. Is it the small dragon? Uh, that's not a real cast, but... <laughs> <laughs> no. But the small dragon is very cute. The small dragon's name is Zim. Is it Ezrin? No. <laughs> is it the high mage? <laughs> no. Is it... Uh, wait, what's her face? It's the elf who's in love with the guy. Uh, her name is Rayla. It's not Rayla. Oh, also... Um, Rayla and the black-haired guy are not in love. The black-haired <laughs> guy is not very important. And in fact, we don't even learn his name until the last episode of season three, where he has a very bit moment where he tells someone his name. And he's been this, like, background character for three seasons. And then he's just like, hi, my name is Marcos. And you're like, okay, now we know this guy's name. But he's not important. Yeah, he is. He's her lover. Secretly, he's been in love with Rayla this whole time. Exactly. <laughs> Even though Rayla's like 14 and I think Marcos is like fully an adult man. <laughs> no, Marcos is also 14. Oh, maybe. He just looks really old for his age. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Who's your favorite character? My favorite character is Soren, who... Who has a tragic backstory, so you love him. He doesn't really have a tragic backstory. He more has a tragic current story of realizing <laughs> that his dad thinks he's entirely disposable and doesn't give a shit about him. That sounds accurate to his character trope. Yeah. But also, I feel like this episode, you really get the vibe of him being an asshole. And he is kind of an asshole, but he's also just kind of like a dumb jock, kind of. He's just kind of like a himbo. <laughs> and he gets really good character development in season, like, two and three. And then in season four, they did him so dirty. He's Aww. really not well-written in season four, in my opinion, which makes me so sad, because he was so good in season two and three. He gets such a cool character arc. And he and Claudia get a really interesting, like, diverging character arc, where at first they're, like, siblings and best friends. And then as they kind of realize, like, what's going on in the world and what's going on with their dad, they kind of, like, choose different paths. That's cool. It's really interesting, and, and this, like... They were very close and each other's kind of, like, most important person. And then they kind of choose very different paths and, and a bunch of stuff happens to them. And they make me really sad. That's interesting. I do. I think that would be interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. But yeah, one of my favorite relationships in the show is their sibling relationship. But um, I have two romantic ships that are my favorites. And one of them you can definitely guess from this episode. One of them you could kind of, but not really guess from this episode. Well, the king and the high mage, obviously. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. They're definitely in love. Nothing in this show gives us any indication that they're not in love. 
like, yeah, King Harrow had a wife and she died, but he definitely hooked up with Viren after that. <laughs> and possibly before that, Viren and Harrow and Harrow's wife and Harrow's wife's sister were all like friends, buddies before she died and stuff. Oh, that's funny. Okay, I'm glad they're in love. Okay, kind of guess. Not it, it involves one character you did meet and one character you didn't really meet. So. Oh, sad. Didn't really meet, meaning they were mentioned? Uh, Implied. Not really. <laughs> just, just take a, a wild guess. I think that Soren dates a elf that we did not meet. <laughs> no, my other favorite ship is High Mage Viren and the evil elf that lives in his mirror. That's amazing. I'm so glad an evil elf lives in his mirror. I can't believe he was cheating on the king with an evil elf inside his mirror. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, to be fair, he doesn't meet the evil elf in his mirror until after the king dies. Fair. So he's not cheating. I am also sad that I, a human person, did not guess that the ship was going to be him and his mirror. Yeah, that's why I was like, you didn't really meet it, but you did meet the mirror. <laughs> I did meet the mirror, uh-huh. and I do exist in a world where evil mirrors are a very specific thing, so I should yeah. have known. Uh-huh. Yeah, the guy in the mirror is named Erevos, and he's really cool, and he helps Viren try to do a big elf genocide, and he they're in love. <laughs> and then he turns into a weird caterpillar guy, and they're still oh. in love. Okay. It's a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> I love that uh, the High Mage is essentially the villain, but he's who we ship with everyone. <laughs> He's so shippable. <laughs> you saw him with the king. He's even more flirty yeah. with the evil elf in his mirror. <laughs> or I guess the elf in the mirror is flirting with him. They're just both. They're, the romantic tension there is so much. That's beautiful. True love is between you and your evil mirror. Truly, truly. <laughs> it just the evil elf in his mirror is so cool. <laughs> You're in love with the evil elf in his mirror. Gotcha. I think anybody who watches the show is a little bit in love with the evil elf in the mirror. He's also um, the voiceover at the beginning of this episode who's like explaining about like the primal magic and whatever. Mm-hmm. That is the voice of the evil elf doing cool. that narration. So I got an evil exposition. Yes. I mean, I guess evil is subjective. No. But he's evil. But, like, in a cool way, you know? He's a good character. <laughs> it's a very fantasy show. Evil is rarely subjective in fantasy. <laughs> Evil's usually just like, you suck. Yeah. He's pretty He's pretty much like, he wants to kill a bunch of people. But his, like, reasoning is because he doesn't like the dragons. I can't even remember. I don't know. I don't remember. He has a reason why he wants to kill everybody. The thing that's sad about that is there's something that would be very interesting about having your original pilot episode exposition narrated mm-hmm. by someone who's evil mm-hmm. and have it like, because those expositions are always, always, always true because they're just exposition. It'd be really interesting if you learn that an evil character said it and it starts mm-hmm. in like unraveling because they're an unreliable narrator because they're evil that would be really cool that's not really related to the show i just think it'd be a good idea i mean it's a little bit that's a little bit the case because we get that exposition in this episode and it's very like clear-cut it's like there's sources of magic and the humans did evil magic and the magic people pushed them out and that's it and that's the story and then we do end up getting kind of like revised versions of that narration in later seasons and then it's like well are those point of views reliable because we get that kind of the same story but told a few different times in different points of view and so like sometimes it's a little more clear that like the humans were very oppressed by the magic people and like they were trying to use dark magic because they were like we don't have anything and we're just trying to like do this magic and the the dragons are like fuck you humans and are like and there's like kind of different versions of that narration that come up throughout the show that kind of slightly different perspectives of it and then we get like a way more clear telling of like how and why the dragon king got killed by the humans because it was specifically Viren and Harrow and Harrow's wife and Harrow's wife's sister who went and killed the dragon king or no it was Harrow and Viren who went and killed the dragon king because the dragon king had killed Harrow's wife and the reason the dragon king had killed Harrow's wife was because Harrow and 
Viren and Harrow's wife and sister had killed and had gone into the lands and killed this other creature and like there's a whole thing about <laughs> the cycle of violence and whatever. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the only other question is do you want to guess the canon queers? There is one canon gay character you met in this episode and then there's like several others that you wouldn't have met yet but I'll talk about them. The high mage <laughs> the High Mage has big gay energy, and genuinely, I would not be surprised if in a later season he and the evil elf actually are in love. Oh, but like, no. I, I genuinely think that could happen, but technically has not been confirmed. Who did I meet this episode who could be gay? They weren't, like, a super important character this episode, but you did meet them. The guy who I think is in love with the elf who's not in love with the elf because he's gay. No, that, like I said, that guy does, he's not that important. <laughs> But you just said it was someone who I meet who's not that important. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But not that guy. I feel Different like guy. everyone I can name is somewhat important. They're kind of important. The chef. <laughs> <laughs> no, although I hope the chef is gay. Who could be gay? Claudia. I hope Claudia's gay. No, I mean, she might be, but... I hope she's gay and evil. She deserves it. Okay, I don't know. It's, um... The head of the elf assassins. The main elf oh, assassin guy. I never would have guessed that. Yeah, I, that's why I was like, he's he's there, he's important. But his name is Renan. You also end up finding out later that he was kind of like a surrogate dad figure to Rayla. Because when she was quite young, her parents left to go do this important mission. Because they're all kind of assassiny people. And she was like raised by this guy, Renan, and his husband. And Renan was an assassin. And the, the reason Rayla ended up becoming an assassin was basically because she like wanted to follow in Renan's footsteps. And so it also makes those early scenes where he, like, gets mad at her and stuff like, even sadder because it's basically her dad. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, how could you do this? But yeah, he has a husband who we see later. And um, I don't know if you watched during the credits, there were, like, little, like, drawings during the credits. E- no, I don't think so. Okay, during the credits of every one of these episodes, there's, like, little drawings. And sometimes it's just, like, little funny jokey things. Or it's just, like, cool drawings of, like, interesting weapons or props or whatever that appeared in the episode. And sometimes it's, like, little plot hints of things. Mm -hmm. And in this first episode, one of the drawings is an elf that we don't see in this episode. A different elf making a necklace. And it's the necklace that Renan has and that he, like, crushes to to do the the invisibility spell. And so when this first season came out there was like fan theories that that guy who was making the necklace was like Renan's boyfriend or husband who <laughs> made the necklace for him but that elf never appeared in season one and then in season two or maybe three he does appear and it is Renan's husband and <laughs> it's like a whole thing that's cute and also so all the elves other than Rayla get killed during the assassination of the king because it's kind of like a battle because they knew the, king, the elves were coming and yeah. the elves do succeed in killing the king but they all get killed Renan doesn't get killed he gets kidnapped and then he's held prisoner by Viren for, like, a long time. And then he ends up getting, like, his soul sucked into this magic coin. And he's, like, ambiguously dead or alive. We don't fully know yet exactly. <laughs> so he's, like, sort of dead, but sort of not. But anyways, he, That's fun for he might come back to life and be with his husband. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does. There's also Callum and Ezrin's aunt, who is mm-hmm. their mom's sister. Her name is Amaya. She's really cool. She's deaf and she uses sign language. And the sign language is, like, real world sign language. That's cool. Which is just an interesting character trait. But she ends up getting a girlfriend slash fiance later in later seasons who is a woman. And they're really cute and they're cool. And then there's also one flashback episode that's like very plot important about these two queens who are lesbians. Um, (laughs) But they're like only in a flashback, but they're important. And then in season four, we meet this character who is... Spoilers, Claudia's boyfriend, and we end up finding out he's trans. Like, they actually talk about it in the show, which is cool. That's cool. And his name is Terry, and he's, like, a little nerd. And <laughs> he's Claudia's boyfriend. <laughs> I love that he's a little nerd. Yeah, he's kind of a nerd. But also, like, he's kind of down... Oh, also, Claudia really gets kind of an evil arc. And he's kind of down with her evilness, but also, like, doesn't seem to realize she's evil. They have a weird relationship. Good for him. He's trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's cool. And there's a kind of a very funny, like, thing about Viren, because, like, Terry meets Viren, and Viren's, like, evil, he's done all this terrible stuff, but he, like, he supports Terry being trans, like, Terry talks to him about it, he's like, you go. He does dark magic, he's not transphobic. <laughs> it's very much that meme of, like, you know, like, I, I'm fine with murder and dark magic, but I draw the line at transphobia. <laughs> 
Yeah, Viren. Yeah, that's pretty good. But yeah, those are all the the queer characters I can think of. But it's very much a story where like they have queer characters and they're not afraid to make it canon, which is cool. That's cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Netflix, so that makes sense. Netflix mm-hmm. is usually pretty good about that. And I I think that's all the notes I had Beautiful. about the Dragon Prince. Um, I think it's a really cool show. I love season two and three. Season four was kind of disappointing, but I really hope season <laughs> five is good. It's good. I mean, it does sound cool. I just don't think I would watch. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I would have been surprised if you were down yeah. to watch it, but but I'm glad you kind of liked it. I'm glad you thought it was funny. It is funny. I think that there's a well-written. It, it has a pretty, like, good sense of humor. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what we're watching for Valentine's Day? I do want to know what we're watching for Valentine's Day. I forgot okay. that our next one's going to be Valentine's Day. We're watching uh, something that you're going to hate. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> we're watching the Netflix show You. Oh, no. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, I think I'm going to hate it. (laughs) Well, I believe season four comes out either on Valentine's Day or the day after Valentine's Day, depending on when Valentine's Day is. Mm -hmm. So it's timely. It's Mm -hmm. uh, not romantic. Don't do that. I was going to say, is it a romance? Um, I mean, it's, it's a thriller. Yeah, the, it's pretty much the same thing. A romance and thriller. Yeah, that's the same genre. I'm 90% uh-huh. sure of that. I think so. Yeah. So, <laughs> get excited for mm-hmm. that. And if you're excited, you should email us about it at epiphanies at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at EpiphaniesPod. You can leave us a review on iTunes and we will romance the evil elf that lives in our mirrors for you if you leave us (laughs) a review on iTunes. (laughs) We will tell you all about our evil elf romance if you leave us an um, iTunes review. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we do in our spare time. Mm -hmm. Do I have anything else I say? Uh, I don't know. I think that's it. I You said Twitter. You said Instagram. You said email. You said iTunes. Beautiful. Love it. That's everything. <laughs> you already knew that I said everything because you are smarter than both of us combined. It's true. Bye. Bye.